Welcome everyone to another issue of Tales from the Spinner Rack, our comic book review podcast. Oh yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on? My name is Matt. I'm Corbin. And I'm Jake. He's Corbin. <laughs> Corbin Ford. What's going on, fellas? Another week down. Some more beautiful, beautiful comics in our collection. Uh, kicking us off tonight. Did you guys get any any new old books this week? Anything anything new you picked up that's not necessarily for a review? Might just be part of, part of your PC? Something something that you just had to have a little bit of? I mean, got to give a little love to the classics. Uh-huh. This was the old first edition, 1996. Mar- Essential Marvel, Amazing Spider-Man issues one through twenty, including the annual. Um, and yeah, it's trade paperback, but it's one of the earliest ones. Got the cool prints, cool uh, Spider-Man prints, John Romita. It- it's a nice book. I'm happy to get my hands on it. And yeah, it's it's just it's not bad to have the classics. And this is the first uh, few issues of the Stan Lee St- Steve Ditko run. You know, the introduction of all you know your. Rogues Gallery for Spider-Man, Doc Ock, Electro, Vulture, Green Goblin, the whole nine of them. And uh, I just love rereading these stories and seeing how, um, you know, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko were able to appeal to that era and how these stories stood the test of time. So this is my one little old book pickup. It just finally came in after four weeks in the mail. There you go. What about you, Jay? No, I didn't pick up anything old. Um, I picked up a few newbies, but Ooh, uh, okay, no. nothing old. I feel you. Hey, real quick, can we pour one out for the fact that we all should be at Phoenix Fan Fusion this weekend? Right, we yeah. should. Yeah, definitely. tonight would be the night. Tonight would be the night. Thursday night, first start. What are you talking about? It's Sunday night. I don't know what you're talking about. It's Sunday Wait. today. Where are you getting Thursday? <laughs> Oh, oh, you're right. It's Sunday. I forgot. Well, we'd still be there. No, right it's it's Thursday. We're pre-recording this because <laughs> Sunday is my birthday, so we're not going to be live. Birthday, so, Matt. so this is thank you. This is a pre-recorded episode because I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss. I gotta get some more, some more uh, st- structure here and a little bit more consistency, right? I feel it so, exactly. Yeah. Um, I have done a lot of old school book picking up this week. Uh, I have. <sighs> obtained a uh, 9.0 Amazing Spider-Man 252, first black costume in continuity. Mm. I have also obtained uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue 361, first appearance of Carnage. Just showing off. Uh, And then to go with that, I got Amazing Spider-Man 362, Mm. as well as Amazing Amazing Spider-Man 363. Nice little run there. Yeah. I love those covers, though, for one. Yeah. Yeah, they are very nice covers. Great works were done on that. Yep. Okay, I like it. I so, see you, Matt. Yeah. It's been it's been fun, you know, playing the eBay game a little bit, and pockets are getting a little bit emptier. You got some value, though. That's, that's good. That's life, right? Con. That's the life of the collector. Yeah, I'm always broke. I feel that. But it's the life of the collector who would normally be buying these books at Phoenix Comic-Con or San Diego, but since all my cons have been canceled this year, I got nothing better to do <laughs> than to spend all the money I saved up for con on other books. So, At least you got the books. That's the important thing right there. That's true. 
most proud of. But it's about the experiences and the friendships you build at Con. That we'll just have to do it in a condensed time. Hopefully, yeah, you're right. I feel it. Uh, con time. Anyway, we can talk about cons forever. We got to keep this show moving. We could talk about cons forever. We should do a con retrospective one day. Can't wait. (laughs) And ever. Um, So this week when the big comic book news, um, we're going to get a new Joker origin story in Batman Giant. That's a Walmart exclusive, I believe. Mm -hmm. I believe that Batman Giant was a Walmart exclusive. Uh, Batman Giant number five is on the shelves at Walmart. So, yes, that would be a Walmart exclusive. So, if you guys want to find out a new secret origin of the Joker that does not meet, I guess, what we've seen already, make sure to go to your local Walmart and uh, stand in line until they let you in with your little face <laughs> mask on and uh, pick yourself up a giant Batman number five. Are either of you going to go pick up a giant Batman number five to get that new Joker origin story? No. I mean, listen. Oh, well, <laughs> first off, why, why aren't you going to get one, Jay? I'm curious. Because it, it's not going to stick. You don't think so? No. I feel you. I mean, if I like happen to walk into it at a Walmart or like I go yeah. to the groceries, I go, oh, wait, that Batman giant, then sure. But uh, um, I'm not rushing to it because to me, the only definitive Joker origin story is in the killing joke. Um, and that's all I really need. You can repaint a, a classic car however much you want to. The classic remains. And uh, I, I don't have an overwhelming rush to it. But what about you, Matt? Are you, you drawn to it? No, I'm not drawn to any of the Walmart books. I really don't. When I when I think of comic books, my first thought isn't, let me go to Walmart and buy a book. You know, like I said, <laughs> if I'm there grocery shopping or something, I might take a look. Uh, like when I go grocery shopping, I, I might go take a look. Um, but. Other than that, I'm not gonna like rush out to the store to pick it up. Um, I feel you, but I, I don't you think it's a little classes to think you don't go to comic books and, from Walmart. Well, and especially like what you said, it, <laughs> it's going to. I don't think it's gonna stick, especially with the three Joker storyline that's coming out at the end of the year or the end of the yeah. summer. I, I definitely don't think we're gonna see it. It stick. I have to agree with you. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's just one thing after the other to get something new. And I guess for them, it's like, oh, you had the Joker movie come out this past year. I mean, the Joker is a character that, that whether in society or in comics, has lasting um, resonance. So I'm sure mm-hmm. anything as big as, oh, my gosh, a new Joker origin story, you know, nothing about it being canon or anything is going to have people just flocking to it. Um, and then even if it is something easily undone. Um, and just because of the fact that Joker's plastered over it and people want to get the number ones and everything, I'm sure they're going to be all over it. I am not to that person. I'll get it for 99 cents off eBay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it, it could blow up. It could be a huge thing. But Who's even writing it? I, I have no idea. That's what I mean. Like, I want to know more about it. You know, if it's going to be something big, like, I wouldn't, like, put, there has to be writers and, and a, a great team attached to it that makes me go, okay. You know, otherwise, just any random story. That's just a new origin story. I can make an origin story with the Joker right now. Who the heck am I? <laughs> but it's a new one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe if it's never been done, but, you know, maybe if Alan Moore hadn't done it already and, and this was kind of something, maybe I would be more apt to run out and get it, but, eh. 
So yeah, if you get some, you're in a Walmart and you want to pick up that joke, joke anything Joker sells. So I think this book is going to sell purely on the the word of mouth that's a new Joker origin story. Could it be potentially setting up a new Joker that's going to come into the DC universe? Who knows? But I know that the next coming weeks we're gonna weeks we're gonna be inundated and overwhelmed with Joker as Joker War kicks off and. Joker War spans across all the big DC books like Catwoman and Nightwing and you know all all of them tie-ins and the the main Batman storyline we're going to get three Jokers that storyline this year that that goes all the way back to when Batman sat on the throne and asked who the Joker was we're going to find out why you know there's different iterations of the Joker in the DC universe it's this whole world exploding event is going to happen and you know like we say on Absolute Geek all the time, when we're when Brian does the hot ten, Joker sells, Joker makes money, Joker's the person you call. Like Anthony said last week he, on the in this show, Joker sells tickets. So I, uh-huh. I definitely oh. think he'll move issues. And by the way, the creative team is Mark Russell and Chris Mooneyham. So if that rings any bells or if any uh big mm-hmm. fans out there go, listen, I gotta get me some more Mooneyham, then um <laughs> That's what I go that. to Denny's for. Some Mooney ham over my my hammy. Moons over my yeah. <laughs> over your hammies. Yeah, yeah I mean hammies. Uh, Some moons over me mini hammies. I can't even say his name. Mooney, yeah, Mooney ham. Chris Mooney ham. Mooney ham. Other, I mean, uh, apparently, you know, he's done work with uh, Predator, Aliens, uh, Judge Dread, a lot of image stuff. So at huh. least you have that, and then. Uh, Mark Russell, he's the writer on the of this team. I'm not super familiar with him, but um, yeah, he will be penning your uh, your story. Uh, he did. Uh, he currently is writing Killing Red Sonia. Um, he also did some Judge Dread, um, The Lone Ranger, and um, now he's doing some uh, DC comics. He did The Wonder Twins, and uh, that seems to be his uh, repertoire up to now. Very nice. But if you're not a comic, I mean, well, I shouldn't say you're not a comic book fan because if you're not a comic book fan, what the hell are you doing listening to a comic book podcast? Right. <laughs> if you're not a Batman fan, and by God, watch Corbin explode when you say you're not a Batman fan. Yeah, but you're not, if Batman's your not cat. your speed and you're looking for something, you're a nostalgic video game player. Boom's got something right up your alley as they announced today that uh, Mega Man, the con- the uh, video game character, Mega Man is getting his new comic book series called Mega Man Fully Charged. It's going to be a Boom Studios um, comic, and it's going to be out in stores in August. So have either of you played the classic Mega Man games, and are you going to pick up, check this book out, pick it up, maybe check out issue one, review it? Jay's no, like, no, not go, no, no, go. No, 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 not no. sold. No one knows. <laughs> No one knows. I mean, I, I played the game. I wasn't good at it. Um, <laughs> I, I might. I mean, I don't have like an overwhelming rush to pick up a Mega Man comic as I would if it was like, say, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like something outside of my normal bubble, but something I'm still intrigued by. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not getting that by Mega Man, but that doesn't. I mean, I might check it out. Why not? I mean, if I see it and, I, and I'm compelled to pick it up, then sure. Um, I think it's interesting. Boom does. I mean, they do a lot with those related properties, so that's that's really cool. But um, yeah. Again, I, I'm I'm signed with Jay. I'm not like, oh yeah, can't wait to get my Mega Mooney man. Just- Those licensed property, the, the you know books, they're so hit or miss. Yep, the quality is most of the time is kind of miss. But I don't know. Yeah, I never know. I'm with you on it. I mean, again, it's one of those books with the wait and see. If it's you know around and I look and looks interesting, I will. But I'm not just gonna pick it up just because well, Mega Man sells. 
I like to think I'm a little more uh, sophisticated of a comic reader. That's right. <laughs> I mean, Mega Man does sell, but he's not like Joker selling. Ooh. But yeah, wow. so like we said in the, the previous story, uh, if you were looking forward to um, Batman's the, or the three Joker story that's coming out that was supposed to start soon. Uh, well, thanks, coronavirus, because uh, due to, to Diamond being shut down and distributing issues and DC taking so long to get their dis- distribution back up, um, that that series has now been pushed to the end of the summer. So boo-hoo, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. I can I, I can wait another few months. I'm excited, man. I I want I was sick of the the big the big you know multi book crossovers. Now I just want something big and fun like that. You know, I'm really looking forward to that. On a big event book? Yeah. Not a big event. I I don't know. Marvel's failed events have kind of uh turned me off to big event books. Oh yeah, me. I mean, I haven't been, but now since we had like nothing, I'm just jonesing for that. I really just want some more year of the villain. Just kidding. <laughs> Speaking of events that just sucked, you had some more year of the villain, huh? <laughs> I could probably get you that. Okay. Some, more, some more Perpetua. Yeah, yeah, and, and more zombies of everything because that always is a hit. Well, you know. That that DC that uh the deceased, that was actually kind of a surprise for me because I I I bought that expecting it to just suck and it doesn't. It's actually pretty good. I, I've been surprised. the deceased. Yeah, the you're right. I was another one. I did not jump on that until after it was trade or getting there, and I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna read that. And then I'm like, oh wow, it's really not too bad. It's deep, mm-hmm. got some layered, good writing. I wasn't. I'm with you. I'm with you. And the new one, the Unkillables one's just as good. And I'm not going to lie, it wasn't really an event, so to speak, but the Tales from the Dark Multiverse, I was a big fan of. Even though it was really just, what if we took whatever X event happened in DC lore and made it happen where things were wrong? Like, it wasn't even like a big twist or something. And toward the end, like, it was even less and less likely there were surprises, but I still enjoyed uh, a deconstruction of a classic story. So, yeah, but you're right. I'm with Matt on the train of, like, events right now. You really have to, like, sell me because right now, there isn't a lot to go. Oh yeah, like I cannot wait for this one. Last I fell for it was the whole twenty nine nine event, which was just or is just blah. That was weird and confusing. Yeah, and it didn't even have to be. You have the heroes; they're set in twenty ninety nine. You're doing an updated take on a series that was done in the nineties. Just make it happen. You know what I mean? It, it was you're 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 picking up the torch from back then, and you're modernizing it. Better. I don't. I don't even understand how it became the cluster storm that it did. But, you know, when 2020 or 2019, you just give it, give, you know, only thing I need is some more dystopia. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Marvel has also come out this week and announced their new updated schedule for all of you Wednesday warriors. And uh, we'll run down a little bit more of this uh, when we do our buyer sell or our buyer pass segment here in a little bit uh but coming out wednesday may 27th you've got amazing spider-man 43 avengers 33 marauders 10 star wars um number one dr afra number one venom 25 uh then june 3rd you got astonishing x-men by joss whedon 
the Omnibus hardcover, uh, Ghost Rider Volume 1 trade paperback, Mephesto trade paperbacks, and Central Seahawk or She-Hulk Omnibus. So it looks like the June 3rd is going to be a lot of Omnibuses from Marvel and trade paperbacks. So it kind of goes right along with the, the theory that they're going to be shipping every other week new comics because Wednesday, June 10th, you got Black Cat 11, Daredevil 20, Deadpool 5, Excalibur 10, Miles Morales, Spider-Man 17, and New Mutants 10. Um, followed by June 17th, you're getting more omnibuses, hard covers. Uh, June, Wednesday, June 24th, you're going to get 2020 Rescue number 2, Captain America, Marvel Snapshots 1, uh, Empire 0, Avengers, Immortal Hulk 34, Iron Man 2020, Spider-Ham 5, Star Wars, Bounty Hunters 3, and Thor number 5. Um, then the Wednesday, July 1st is more paper but trades. Uh, then the Wednesday, July 8th, you're getting those new books again. Black Panther and Agents of Wakanda, Doctor Strange, Empires, Fantastic Four, Ghost Rider 7, Marvel's 4, Strange Academy 2, X-Force 10, X-Men God Loves Man Kills Extended Cut. And then the following more collections, then July 15th, you're going to get 2020 I Wolverine number one, Amazing Spider-Man 44, Avengers 34, Captain Marvel, uh, Empire number one, Fantastic Four 21, Giant Size X-Men Magneto number one, Guardians of the Galaxy 4, Immortal Hulk 35, Spider-Woman 2, and Venom 26. Uh, I mean, and the list goes on and on. So you're not going to get, you're not getting books, like I said, Marvel it looks like the intel we got last week from the comic shop was right. Marvel is shipping new books about every other week. Um, surprisingly, though, what's not on this list? The We're not getting a new X-Men book until Wednesday, July 29th. That's when, the, that's when issue 10 of X-Men comes out. Along but, with I X-Factor mean, number one. Marauders right, but not, Excalibur. But we were, in a, we were in a time where... And I understand the Corona, but we were in a time where you were getting a new X-Men book every week. Every, you, it was almost, we were almost being inundated with relentless titles from X-Men. You're right. It was yeah. what, Children of Adam, X-Men, New Mutants, again and again and again. Actually, though, I think this is refreshing because we were getting yeah. so many. It was getting annoying. The quality was just all over the place. I thought I was throwing money at different X-Books. And now we get a break to reset, reassess, maybe catch up on old stories to kind of see where we are. And then hopefully with this break, they can focus again on quality over the quantity they were cranking out. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So I totally it, agree. I mean, that's so their line. Like I said, their their current list of what's coming, it goes well into to the end of July. So it looks like we're probably not going to see a more consistent schedule for Marvel Comics until April or I'm mean, until um August. So it wow. looks like Marvel's going to be a little bit scarce until August. Because what what else is on there? We're, we don't have the the final couple issues of J.J. Abrams' Spider-Man. Oh, uh, yeah. There's, huh. there's a lot of books that we're missing. We have Symbi Symbiote Spider-Man Alien Reality number five. But there's a lot of books, a lot of Star Wars books here. Um, but a lot of the books... Marvel books that were were selling heavy. There's no no Wolverine. I can't believe we're not going to get. Oh, sorry, issue three of Wolverine comes out July twenty second. So there is that. Um, but there's not a lot of a lot of depth there. Uh, we have shallow kind of cool. I figure we we're going to get a little bit more. I mean, we're getting a lot more. I mean, you're you're 
I don't know, man. You're getting a lot of your classics, Spider-Man, and like Amazing Spider-Man lines and Venoms kicking off to the new Venom, uh, new Venom summer crossover storyline event with Null. That's why all those Null books are hot right now. But there's not a lot of t- there's not a lot. So I mean, if you've got those, I know like like you, we were saying we were inundated with X-Men books one right after the other every week. So if you want to catch up on on X-Men, I think now's the perfect time to do it. And you can get all caught up on uh, the Hickman's X-Men run and get ready for the new books cuz I'm, I'm assuming August they're going to kick off the second wave of X-Men books that was started with Wolverine and X-Factor. So we'll see what comes yeah. up with that. But that's cool. the biggest stories in in the comic book industry right now, and what's going on. So, um, DC still shipping. We'll, we'll get into DC schedule, and we we do a little bit of buyer uh, buyer pass. We'll get into next week's schedule as far as what's coming out, and uh, go from there. But let's uh, let's talk. Do you guys got any books you want to review this week? I know I know new books came out. I picked up uh, one from Karen Gillan. Um, what was the name of the book? Jay, Aristocrat- Ludocrats. Ludocrats, yes. And I've actually got it right here. Ludocrats. I picked up the Virgin variant. Um, you know this book wasn't for me. Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian. I mean, it seems like everything he writes turns to gold and is instantly going to be a product of a TV show or Netflix series. Um, die, 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 die is popular. Uh. Uh, Once in Future is a huge book too, but I just I can't get into to his writing. So I wanted to review this book, but I don't feel like I can give it a fair review. I've seen a lot of people give it high praise. Um, I read the first six pages and and it just was not my cup of tea. Uh, so I don't want to I don't want to you know crap all over this book because it might be good. I think this is going to be one of those <laughs> books where I say go out and check it out for yourself. Um, cause I just, it, it was just, the art was weird. The story was weird. It's just, I don't know. It's yeah. just not my, my cup of tea. Yeah, dude. I, I picked that up too. And, um, it's, yeah, it's not my style. It's, it's really, uh, I don't know, man, for lack of a better term, it's like really like wacky and zany and bizarre. And I just, it's not, you know, not my thing. Yeah, speaking of not my thing, I uh, picked up uh, Red Hood Outlaws uh, 45, and sorry, I got muted there. Um, picked up Red Hood Outlaws 45, and the, let me just announce the team real quick. Um, it was Scott Lob- Lobdell, Umpala, Pantalina, Arif, uh, Prianto, and then uh, Troy Pateri. And basically, it was following the Outlaws um, who were fighting against a group called the Entitled. Um, the Untitled had secretly infested hundreds of people in Karak, and they were attacking the city. Um, and there was a character, to even complicate things, um, a character, Essence, had possessed the body of Jason's on-and-off girlfriend, Isabel, and she's like a wild card in it. It, it was just a weird book. Um, it felt like it was trying to do too much in one issue, but yet it somehow also managed to be like, oh, page, page, oh, we're done. Um, and that's a, a, a common, I guess, issue of books in the middle of an arc um, as it's continuing, because you also... You're stuck between wanting to continue on the story as well as like trying to fight being a filler issue. And this book somehow managed to be both the filler issue and like moving too fast at the same time. Um, it did introduce a new character, um, who um, her name is Mistress, um, and she basically is like 
almost like a Wonder Woman like evil version, like another kind of Wonder Woman. Like I think Artemis or one of those like temporary placements or, or Donna Troy um, as someone who are more associated with Wonder Girl. But she's one who is apparently seems to be a, a powerful hero that's a deadlier version of Wonder Woman. That was interesting to see. Um, and this was an Artemis fighting off Essence and Karak. Um, and then they encounter her. And uh, yeah. That's something I'll be interested to see how it continues because she looks like just a deadlier version of that, and that's intriguing. But aside from that, the book wasn't a whole lot to talk about, and unfortunately, it was also one book I picked up this week to kind of really dig into. Um, so I'm not going to down into it. Like Matt was saying, I'm not going to give it too much crap. It just wasn't it wasn't the taste I was looking for coming off a layoff, and I get that. Yeah, I like, you know, we're talking off air a little bit and I've been struggling to get back into red hood since, um, since metal. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to jump in, in various places. And I just, I don't know, man, it just, I just can't grab on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I think it's still trying to find its footing as well. I like the fact that it's going off the story arc. Um, finding the untitled is interesting. Um, if you ever go back to read some of the earlier ones, um, I like the direction they're going in, but you're right. It was like, oh, we had this big event, and the fallout from that event is picking up the pieces and continuing on, which was kind of an issue. And now it's a matter of, okay, we've kind of gotten all the characters back into a place, and now we're trying to continue on a new storyline, but it's keeping that, um, I guess, value going up and not having a lot of lulls in it. And I feel like, unfortunately, this book was one of those referred to lulls. Hmm. It's too bad. Yeah. Next time, it's all good. Next time, baby. Next time. <laughs> I was just watching Iron Man yesterday. That's funny. I'm still <laughs> mad about really. that. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> what about Jay? What about you, Jay? You got anything this week that uh caught your radar that you picked up? Um, well, I picked up uh Wonder Woman number seven fifty-five and um DC Deceased Unkillables number three, which I haven't read yet, but I'm fairly certain it's gonna be good. And I picked up Year Zero from um, AWA Upshot, and so like Corbin, I'll I'll read off the creative team. Um, it's written by Benjamin Percy, art by Ramon Rosanas, colorist by Lee Lofren, and letters by Sal Cipriano. And it's Year Zero is so it's it's a zombie book, but. Um, what sets it apart is so that okay, so issue number one, zombie book, but there's not really any zombies in it. There's a lot of you kind of see them in the background, and and what it what this issue does is it it follows um, maybe maybe four or five different people all around the world, all walks of life, and their experience in um in seeing the the zombie plague coming to their into their life so there's like a scientist um drilling you know up like in the north pole there's um like a mexican like uh like a homeless teenage kid in mexico there's like a, a doomsday prepper guy um there's a a, a japanese assassin and it shows these guys, um, like I said, just seeing this start to happen. So it, it's a lot of character buildup, a lot of, you know, and, and it's pretty cool. It's, it's, I, I really enjoyed it that 
I think it was paced really well. And the trouble with books like this is a lot of times when you introduce too many characters like this right off the bat, they start to kind of blend in your mind. And, 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 but this was a lot, you know, um, Benjamin Percy did a really good job of, of writing these characters well. And so they, they do stand out and they're, they're memorable. So, uh, and the art's really good. The, the, the pace of the story is really good. Um, I'm definitely going to be there for issue issue two. Oh, I'm jealous. I, I really wanted to get that book. Um, I saw it on the, the um, coming out this week and it's a book I wanted, but unfortunately it's not one that any of my local shops carry it. I'm going to try and see if I can get them to order for issue one for me. Cause I don't yeah. want it digital because there, there's some inside sources that tell that, <laughs> that say that this keep your eye on this. Cause this could be a walking dead number one situation. This could be a walking wow. dead situation, low print run book um, that might get option for a TV show, depending on, on how well it goes. We don't know how the world loves their zombies in the walking dead. So keep an eye on that, on that book um, is what I've been told. So I'm going to see wow, if I can get cool. my local shop to kind of order, to order me a, a physical copy. Yeah, man, it's, it's worth getting a physical copy. It's pretty good. But, but all right though, what, what would you, what would you give it? Jay, would you, you said you're definitely coming back for issue two. Oh yeah. Um, gosh, out of what, what do we do? Five? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'd give it a 4.25. Ooh. Um, and the only reason why it's not higher is, um, like I said, it's all set up. Like there, there's not a lot of, uh, action or there's not a lot of, you know, it doesn't get to the, to the meat of the, uh, of any story really. It's just, a, it's just kind of setting up the, the play mm-hmm. and, but man, but the way he set it up and it's really good. It seems like it's going to be really good. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. So, I mean, that's it. That, that was a, it was a small week unless you were a DC fan. And even then a lot of the DC books were reprints. <laughs> Yep. So it was a small a week. DC fan. <laughs> um, but let's uh let's get into our discussion for the night, our, our spinner rack spins discussion. And oh. uh, as the spinner rack turns discussion, there you go. <laughs> oh, uh anyway. Jay Jay brought up a, a question in our chat a few weeks ago. We have a, a Facebook chat that we all talk about the show and topics in it. He brought up the uh the discussion about comic mystery boxes and whether they're worth your time. And I've kind of done a little bit of research on them and and been watching the last couple of days, YouTube videos on people buying comic boxes, thousand dollar comic mystery boxes from YouTube or, and, and they've been going through and, and pulling out what they get in them. And suffice it to say, if you were to take a um, census, on the amount of book, the the value of the books they receive versus how much they spent on it, I would say in that sense they're not worth the money. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know if you guys run into the same consensus or if you feel the same way, but I feel like you're not getting your value 
and comic mystery boxes. And I, I personally stay away from them um, because of that exact reasoning. Um, you know, they, they always advertise, oh, well, you can get a Spider-Man 121 in here or a Secret Wars number eight or, you know, uh, Spider-Man 101. You know, you, you can get all these great key books in these mystery boxes. You have a chance, and that entices you to do it. But then you got to think you're spending a hundred bucks on on an <laughs> if on a one out of how many issues chance, and are you getting yeah. that value back? Of what you're getting, really worth that hundred dollar value. Now, you know, of course, if you get that that big money book, it's going to be definitely you're coming out on the, you know, everything's coming up Millhouse for you at that point, and everything's coming <laughs> up aces. So, but. Most of the time, you're not going to get that big money book. So, what, what? What? I know, Corbin. You've been uh, you've been kind of snared by the the trap that is comic book mystery boxes in the past. Kind of what? What's your stance on the mystery box now? How do you feel about it? Months and maybe a year later from the last time you bought one. I feel like. Oh, okay. So it's more nuanced. When I first started, I was gung ho about them. For me, I'm one of the people. I'm a shopper, yes, but I'm I'm also one who thrives off adrenaline, excitement, and oh, what's in the mystery box? <laughs> oh, great! Um, and so I was jumping for any and all of them, you know, especially the themed boxes. If you go to Comic Cons, you know exactly what I mean. There are a ton of them, um, and it's so easy to fall into the trap. And for me now, I mean, I've had some good experiences, some decent ones. I had some horrible experiences where I spent like thirty, forty bucks, and I have like a bunch of like vigilante or something where it's like, oh, well, that wasn't great. Um, wasn't even worth the 40 bucks to spend. But I think a lot of it now is really just knowing, uh, as, as, as to the best of your ability, knowing who you're kind of dealing with and also the value that could be gained from it. So if you're paying like a premium on a mystery box, then like, yes, you want the grand prize. But obviously, the mystery box already kind of skewed against you in the, in the fact that luck is kind of, or, or the odds being in your favor of picking the correct box and what you could get. So for me, it's okay. If I'm paying, let's say, $50 for a mystery box, I like to ask, hey, now I do at least, what other options are there? What are the chances I come out with a dud? You know what I mean? Because the person who makes the box, you know, in terms of, oh, you can come out with this. And if they keep going by, oh, you can win this, or you can win that. And not talk about, oh, well, you could have a box of just, I don't know, some 1992 limited edition Howard the Duck, um, whatever the case may be. Then it's like, okay, now I kind of weigh my costs. Because for me, I'm always going to be a sucker for them. I love them. I think they're exciting. I think they're fun. I think the chance of walking away with the seal is kind of why anyone does any gambling or anything of that sort. Like, it's to a lesser extent um, exciting to kind of see what you can pull from that. At the same time, I'm not one for just throwing money away. And a lot of times on Mystery Box, you can certainly do that. So I'd say do your research beforehand. Definitely be up and honest with the person you're buying the Mystery Box from. Like, what are the, the available odds here? So if it's like one grand prize out of 50 boxes, no, I'm, I'm probably not doing that because the chances of me getting something else is not likely. And they're still going to sell all the boxes regardless. It's not like, oh, the grand prize winner's gone. Okay, well, we're done. That's not how that works. So I would just say do your research. Check out a little bit. Don't fall for my snare, which is, oh, mystery box. Oh, boy. You know, give it a little time and, and, and kind of do your research. But I would not say no to them because, yeah, they can be a waste of money, but they can also be kind of exciting. And even if you don't walk away with the grand prize, you might walk away with a decent run of books that, you know, you would not have touched otherwise. I walked away with Vigilante. I was like, wow, I never heard of it. I might as well read it. I read it. I wish I hadn't, but I mean, them's the breaks. <laughs> so 
keep you away from Las Vegas. It was the is what I got out of your story. Keep me away from Las Vegas, especially keep me away from Las Vegas comic shop mystery boxes. <laughs> See, yes. um, I how many? I'm not a fan. Are you, Wait, are you one ahead. of those guys that go to Con Corbin and buy those stupid like mystery boxes that they sell there, like yes. the Nintendo mystery box or like the no they just. The Avengers. Well, you, they see okay. you coming from a mile away. I, 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 I'm sorry. I forgot you bought bootleg DVDs from the bootleg vendor. So they see you coming a mile away, huh? Just live and learn, right? 19, live and learn. 1967 Spider-Man animated series. And those 1981 Spider-Man animated series. I had no idea that they were bootlegged. I was dumb. I saw them. And Not it wasn't dumb, a good deal. Just gullible. Gullible. I got both of them for like $65. It wasn't even a great deal. Only to go and realize that they played the intro as a loop, and that was your main menu. Um, and then they were literally taped together inside the box. So I was gullible on that. But I will tell a story. I wanted Matt to go with me to go mystery box shopping, and he wanted to stay and, and rest after holding all the stuff he bought at the last Comic-Con we went to. But had we gone, had he gone with me like I asked him to, we would have went to a con mystery box, and I would have asked him, hey, Matt, should I get this? And I guess he would have said no. I would have told um, you, hell no. <laughs> but yeah, depending on what I get, I mean, I love. It's part of the fun of the con, I think. It's part of the excitement. It's like kind of has that carnival, kind of fair type atmosphere to it. Yeah, you're meeting your creators. I don't want to go too far away from the mystery box theme, but to me, that's part of it. If I have enough money and it's within reason, yeah, I don't mind spending twenty on a mystery box. Sure. To me, it's one hundred percent value for your dollar. So if you're gonna buy, uh. You know, like I've I've been in a big kick of buying. Like I said, since cons have have been canceled, and I have a little bit of extra spending money because I was saving up for those cons, I've been able to buy key Spider-Man issues in high grade. I'm getting the value for my money because I know if for any reasons I need to turn around and flip it, I can at least make my money back uh, on that issue. And that's how I always look at comics: is is the value? Is it worth the value of your buck? Because if you go into a and buy a, a mystery box for a hundred bucks and you only get forty dollars worth of stuff, you got taken for a ride. Like you're you're le- basically left there holding your 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 junk in your hand. Like there's there's no value in that. Hundred dollars is a lot for a mystery box, and it's all enticing. It it's enticing. Of course, they're gonna put that one big issue that you want right there for you to see but are you going to get that issue probably not and you and i see it like i've i've seen it at my local comic shop too i go and there and black friday they were doing comic mystery box hundred dollars comic mystery box and and people were buying them like crazy but me who's an avid collector and i'm sure they are too not knocking avid collectors if this is your thing but i'm like am i getting i work hard for my money so am I getting the value that I feel like my money's worth? When you break it up, if you take that 100 bucks and you buy a couple books here and a couple books there, yeah, you might not be getting as many books as you might in a mystery box, but you're getting your value. You're getting your money's worth. So I, I see what you're yeah. I'd rather pick and choose and, and use that $100 to buy what I want rather than be like, ooh, let me take a chance on getting this book that's worth double of what I'm the hundred bucks I'm paying for it. But what's the chance of it being of a dud? You, right. Of you getting that book and what's the odds of it being a dud? And I can tell you what, with my luck, cause you know, if, if there was no such thing as bad luck or if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. I'm not getting my money's worth in that. Yeah. I'm, I'm spending a hundred dollars on a bunch of fodder that I don't want. <laughs> 
that yeah nobody wants. That's why it's in yeah. that box. <laughs> and I get that. And, and sometimes you can, I mean, you go on YouTube, you go wherever, and you see boxes that are like, wow, that was a sham. You know, like, yeah, that one good book that's promised is in there, but you're really just getting a bunch of books at random or a bunch of books that are clearly on someone's, like, dollar bin list or whatever. And mind you, I don't even mind if it's labeled, like, okay, you're getting a, a dollar bin box. I don't mind that. That's not a problem for me. I think there's some value to be had in those. Um, but you're right. I think I mean, Matt just put it so eloquently in terms of having value for your dollar. Excuse me. And I think maybe balancing the excitement and joy of possibly getting a mystery box. So I think that's part of the fun. And I think you can't discount that. If everyone looks at it analytically, then there's no reason to have a mystery box to begin with. Oh, well, based off the percentage of this by that per quota, then I'm not. No. Like, yeah, I get certain money that you want to just throw your money away frivolously. But at the same time, there's an element of fun to the mystery box, hence the name. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it'd be just a classic set. And you would pay your price on it. You know what I mean? So for some, you know, if it's something fun or you're getting something like, I don't know, a friend, a birthday or something, it's something random that, hey, I can win something big. And if not, I have, you know, 15 or 20 comics. Sure. But I see exactly what you're saying in terms of like being thoughtful in terms of how you go about that and not just expecting, oh, I'm going to hit it big or have great value because odds are you're not because that's why it's also in a mystery box. Exactly. And, and as a collector, when I'm a collector – I'm starting runs, so I want to fill runs, you know? Right. That's that's the ultimate goal of collectors to say, I have an entire run of that. I have an entire run of that. I have an entire run of that. Like, it feels good as a collector to be like, I have an entire run of the first volume of Miles Morales, or I have an entire run of Walking Dead, or I have an entire run of Superior Spider-Man, or, or whatever whatever book you choose to, ta- to collect, I have an entire run of Batman New 52, you know? You want that entire run, and and why not spend your money more wisely to make to to solidify that run versus a mystery box that yeah might have an issue you need, but think of the other twenty fodder books you're getting that are aren't getting you anywhere. It's just clutter. It's just taking up more room in your long box or short box or whatever you do. Um, but what was I? What was I gonna say? I've Completely blanked on what I was going to say. Good night, everyone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, com- I completely run. I completely Dude, forgot where I was going with that. Even even if you're not a collector, even as just a reader, you yeah. want some, uh, you know, runs, to, so the, an arc that you can read. You know, what's so, you know, with so many of these books that, that seem like they're just randomly placed in here, you know, you, you look at pick, pick one up that you never heard of and it's in the middle of an arc. You don't even know what's going on. There's 30 pages of, well, that seems cool. Now, if I want to know what's going on, I have to get the last couple and then the next couple, you know, but I guess, you know, like Corbin said, it is kind of a cool way to introduce yourself to stuff you normally wouldn't pick up, but you know, yeah, I mean, it. I guess you could say it's situational because if you're, if you're just starting out, and you're just starting in the collection and you want to you want to get a lot of books real quick and just to, to solidify and start your collection then maybe mm-hmm. mystery boxes is the way to go because you never know what you're going to get in there you never know what you're going to get that can pique your interest that you want to start collecting those runs that's fine i think maybe it's better to say instead of avoid comic book uh mystery boxes altogether it's it's to judge your your current level of collecting or where you're you're at or in your collecting phase or life right now are you a beginner 
just starting out looking for what you want to collect or are you the, that collector that's trying to put together runs because if you're trying to put together runs mystery boxes aren't your aren't going to be your friend yeah you know? i'd much rather spend my money on like uh you know how comic book stores some of them uh, bookman's does this too but they'll um, put together you know runs and story arcs you know like and and volumes of books you know 10 five 10 books together and i would rather spend money on something like that i feel you yeah and your your lcs would do that as well in terms of having you know a whole run of this limited edition as you were saying or a whole dc's one million or, or whatever the case may be the dark multiverse i picked up a set just as you know as collected and that's great too again you know what you're getting um, it's more bang for your buck, and I, I have to piggyback off of you and Matt's points of where you're at. If you're a reader, I think it's it's interesting. It, it puts you in a spot where you're picking books that maybe you wouldn't normally pick up. Um, yeah. it, it forces you to read books that may spin of storylines that you hadn't discovered yet, and now it's piqued your interest enough that you're going to go, oh, wow, let me check out such and such book and go from there. So I think that that's cool. But again, if you're a collector, yeah, a fiscally responsible, it is not because you don't know. You might have duplicates. You might not be filling what you're looking for. It might just be some arcane title from who knows when the buck, and then you're trying to figure out like what to do with that. So I, I think it's interesting, though, like that the phenomenon that is mystery boxes in general. <laughs> I mean, you go to like nine out of 10 comic shops and there's some version of that, you know, themed or whatever the case may be with trade paperbacks or slabs or whatever, you know, I'm looking at one um, early. I was doing research for the show and I, I'm going to say it right now, I basically added to my shopping cart. I kind of duped myself into getting a five pound mystery box for 19 bucks. Where from? My high city comics. Uh, they're oh, mail it yeah, to you. I'll we'll huh? have to have you open that live on the show then. Yeah, you know, that'd be I, awesome, man. You should there. do that. We're done. Done. When I get it, I will. Wait, how so, much was it? How much did 19, you say it was? I watched a guy on YouTube. I'll send you the link. I watched a okay. guy on YouTube order a $500 mystery box. All right. He oh, made man. his money back by ten dollars. So it was a bunch of it was a bunch of fodder and one <laughs> slab. And the one slab was like a, an amazing Spider-Man off-key issue that you'd find in a dollar bin. And it was slabbed at a nine point eight. That whoever slabbed it spent more money on the slabbing process than they did on the and then the value of the book. Like the <laughs> book was only like a four dollar book, and that's what set him wow. over the top. But he got a bunch of like uh, Katie Keen and. Archie and Jughead and just yeah. weird stuff that they, he wasn't collecting. And you could just hear the disappointment and shame in his voice as he's showing another book and showing the next book. And just, you can see he's like, well, I guess, I mean, I came out ahead because I was up. I came up by 10 bucks, but nothing in that, that whole box, that whole $500 he spent, nothing in there was what he was going to keep. That's a lot of money, you know, and it's just like, oh man, like you can't. And I, I see them all over eBay. Like as I've been buying books lately and buying Spider-Man stuff, I'm seeing it all over eBay. They're like mystery boxes, and they're showing you Hulk 181s, and they're showing you, you know, Amazing Fantasy 15s, and they're showing you Amazing Spider-Man 121s and Walking Dead key issues, and like all these massive key issues to entice you to clickbait you almost into to buying that box and when you get it you're going to get a bunch of bunch of fodder like ducktales 5 or you know <laughs> something stupid like that i feel you on that 
but for sure. So uh, yeah, that's again part of the allure. People are still gonna fall for it, but yeah, I can't wait to get my. I when I get my five pound mystery box, I got you guys. Live. So, but yeah, man, it's twenty twenty. Let's take a census. Let's feel the room. Mystery boxes, yay or nay? Let's start with Jay, and that all rhymed. <laughs> nay. DJ Matt in the building. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Yanazy. No, I'm, I'm gonna go. With, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with Yay just to kind of keep it interesting. Um, plus, like I said, depending on what you're going there for, I think mystery boxes are worth the ad. Depending on what you're going for, you just have to know what it is. So we can see that uh, Corbin wants to stay gullible. That's that's all right. Nothing wrong with no. That. I'm not trying to be gullible, but like, like listen, nothing wrong with Corbin not, staying I'm, gullible. <sighs> It, let me give one more little plea here. Go ahead. Let's hear if it. If you're a serious comic collector, no. If you're someone who's just... I, I love the stories first and foremost. I'm collecting. He's that's speaking to people. He had to lean forward into the camera this, so he could right speak here? to you. <laughs> you see this? If you, can, if you can hear me, just know that I'm like speaking into your soul. But right now what I'm trying to say is if you're a serious comic collector, then probably not. But if you're someone who's a reader first and foremost, or someone who, um, in my case, uh, collecting is almost a byproduct or or an extra bonus of getting books, I think it's worth the investment depending on the price. Because yeah, you might get some total crap. You might. More than likely, you're going to find more than a few books you might regret getting. But you might find that one or two that might kickstart you into a storyline or something that you may like, maybe a, a creative team that you had not known of beforehand. And I think the return on investment for that, while not immediately due to the money you spent, can pay off dividends later in your comic book reading and collecting career. So there's my point. Yeah. Hey, and you never know. It might just be worth it for the bags and boards. You know? Ditch the books. Bags yeah. and boards. There you <laughs> There we go. There we go. <laughs> Let's hear Matt's take. Um, to me, it's a it's a no go, no go. Like I said, it, I guess it, it's going to depend on where you are in your collecting it life, your collecting adventure, and if you're starting out, they're good because you can kind of feel out and maybe find yourself something that you want to collect. Maybe get yourself an early issue of something that you want to get a run of, build a run of. That's fantastic. But if you're an avid collector and you're a weekly warrior and you're a Wednesday warrior and you're in shops every week buying books, your your value and your buck is going to go further by buying those individual issues to to successfully complete that run that rather than, you know, trying to to luck out in mystery boxes. So, to me, I, I'm going to say no, but it's a situational no. To yeah, ride that but, line. But honestly, if if like if I was at a con with Corbin and I saw his, you know, fevered look in his eye, Phoenix, I, I'd probably, I'd probably buy one for twenty bucks. But that's We're as high as I'll go, man. I, I will no see way you hundred bucks, sir. I will see. Yeah, his feverish, his feverish look at Joe. I would say wait, wait until he opens that box and you see <laughs> that that joy turn to to regret and disappointment. <laughs> yeah, what's that frown? Yeah, what's that smile turned to frown? Yeah, as soon as I get it, we have to go. I don't care when because I'm not going to be able to hold it for two, three days. There My anticipation go wild. Okay, sounds good. But uh, all right, we're into that segment. We're almost out of time for this week's episode, so let's get to it. Let's get to the uh, the segment. I think most people look forward to if you're a weekly warrior, and that is buy or pass. So we're going to go ahead and run down through some of the new books that are coming out next week. From the big st from the big publishers, and we're gonna task our panel of uh, the three of us whether they're books that should be bought 
or past. Let's go ahead and start with Boom Studios. Uh, Boom is making a uh, name for itself as of late. Uh, coming in next week from Boom Studios, we have Power Rangers number 40. Huh. Are any of you reading that that run? I won't. That's gonna be I mean, a, listen. That's a pass from our uh, pass from Jay. I, I was gonna say it's a pass for me. Um, you know, I'm gonna say it's a pass for me. I, I I'm 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 partial to um the Power Ranger Boom Studio kind of uh occasional outputs. Some I can't remember one big story that sticks with me, but in general, you you find some good ones, and sometimes really the art really just makes it pop so much. Um, that being said, yeah. now. Nah, Saban's Go Go Power Rangers 31. Is that going to be a buy or pass? Pass. That's a no for me, dog. I'm going to say buy. Go Go Power Rangers has been um, really good. It's coming to the end of its run. So if that's a series that you're already collecting, I'm going to say that's a definite buy for me. Uh, Dark Horse, they don't really have anything too good a bunch of disney stuff um let's go to dc aquaman 59 buy or pass um i don't know i i i've got before the whole COVID thing i got the last few issues of aquaman um i don't know man Pro- at this point right now probably pass i mean it's called throwdown for the throne it's aquaman versus orm um i might check it out uh, probably not. Aquaman's not exactly my cup of tea, but uh, it might be something to look at. All right. Uh, basket full of heads, seven of seven, issue seven of the seven issue run. Oh, big yes. Definitely yes. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've not gotten into it, but I've heard so many good things, especially from Jay here. Not only am I going to pick up that one, I'm looking to pick up the entire run. So, yes, give me all the hill. That you may. So I think uh, basketball <laughs> heads for me is going to be a no. I'm going to pass. Going to wait for the. Uh, I'm going to wait for the trade. Issue oh. seven of seven. Oh. I don't know. I'll, I'll look and see how easy it is to get in the first the first six. But That's if not, doing. wait for the trade. Uh, since it's at issue seven out of seven. Uh, yeah. Batman and the Outsiders number twelve. For me, that's a pass. That's a pass. I'm on it as well. I will be getting it. I'm picking up most of the Batman titles, so um, I will find it and we'll be letting you guys know whether or not it is worth the investment next week, but I will be all over it, yes. Batman Beyond 43. Awesome. Um, Corbin, you're probably going to get it. It's a pass for me, probably. Oh, yeah. I'm all over it. Um, I loved the work that Dan Jargons has done on it. Sean Chen has done amazing on the artwork. You already had the mystery of Batwoman. That's been solved. Terry McGinn has had amnesia through the last, like, eight weeks or so. He's gotten that back. Um, they both had this epic showdown against Blight, um, who is no longer here as of now. He may be dead. We're not sure, but he's out the picture now. And now it's going to be, um, you're, they're basically having this um, Terry back. You have Batwoman still around who is the daughter of Dick Grayson, and now you're going to have um, a face-off against Goliath, who is the man-bat pet of uh, Damian Wayne. So this should be interesting to see how it all comes together. Um, I've loved Dan Jurgens' work on Batman Beyond. Cannot emphasize that enough. If you haven't read it, I say get on it. The covers have been amazing as well. Um, I think it's worth it. I'm looking forward to giving a great report next week about this book. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to probably go a big fat pass on my end. Why? Uh, Why I'm not. I'm not reading Batman Beyond. 
Uh, I was getting into it for I was getting into it just for the Batwoman Beyond stuff for the flip value. Um, that's pretty much where I sit on that. Um, Dan Jurgens a good book. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Dan Jurgens is a good writer. Flash seven fifty four. Yes, I will nah. be on that. It looks like seven fifty three and seven fifty four. So yeah, that's weird. I will not be, but the cover looks interesting. Um, it may be something to check out, but it won't be something I see myself taking home with me. Uh, Green Lantern season two, number three. Yeah. Also, no. Um, but again, that's not really so much because of anything about the Green Lantern book. I have to be reacquainted with it. Um, just reading the Batman titles right now and venturing out to Justice League and such. An issue that did not, uh, a series that did not survive the coronavirus pandemic, Harley Quinn 72. Good. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> apparently it was always in the plan for it to cancel when it would. So did it not survive or was it going to come to its natural conclusion? <laughs> Usually when the creator of said book or the creative team around it says that they always plan for it to happen, they didn't plan for it to happen. But that being said, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's already at its natural conclusion. Didn't make it. Um, it's a shame. Um, it was an interesting book, um, as Harley Quinn books go. But uh, yeah, pouring out. Hawkman 23. <laughs> nah, that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, me, me too. He Man and the Masters of the Multiverse, number six of six. He, I know, yeah. I know, you've been reading that series, Jay. I bought the first one, and it was kind of awful. He-Man and the Masters of Save Your Damn Money. No. Wonder Woman <laughs> 755. Yes. You know, I'm on the fence with that. I'm going to give it a big fat on the fence. Also, by the way, Matt, the last three you haven't given us a take. Are you going to – you in you this? I mean, what you I'm think about Wonder Woman? passing on all of these. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're done for DC. Yeah, I'm not doing Wonder Woman as well, Um, but it might be something I look at. I'm kind of on the fence on checking out and seeing what it is. Um, again, Jay's been kind of on it, so kind of just gleaning a little bit from information from over there. Teen Titans 41. Probably not. I might check it out. I might check it out. It looks interesting. Apparently one of the Titans won't make it, and mm. I'm a sucker for one of those. Ooh. Yep. You're the villain, Hell Arisen number three of four. Oh, it's a third uh, printing. Never mind. I was about to say for yeah, me, you're they, they all came out, I think. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Nothing big from IDW. They have some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Urban Legend stuff. Reprints, um, I think. Jay, Image Comics time, 20XX number four. I'll have to go with a pass on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pass on that one, too, since I didn't read it after issue two. Uh, on to Marvel. We ran down that earlier. Amazing Spider-Man 43. Yes. I don't know. I was <laughs> all over Amazing Spider-Man before, um, and then just just some horrible runs for me. I know Nick Spencer's, Nick Spencer's on it. Um, I mean, it's Spider-Man and Boomerang. It's apparently Peter Parker's life will change forever. Uh, I'm on the fence on that one as well. I'll kind of see how I feel when I pick it up, but... I kind of gave up on all of Spider-Man come the beginning of the year. <gasps> yeah, it just wasn't doing it for me. It just wasn't. The 29 event, yeah. it just wasn't working out for me. Um, but I love Spider-Man. He's one of my favorites. So, like, I feel like I have to give another break on it. And you know what? To new beginning. So I might I might check it out. But uh, I am squarely on the fence there. Avengers 33. Yes. Cover looks sick. It's Moon Knight versus Avengers. 
I might have to check that one out. Marauders number 10. That's a definite for me. That's a buy-buy-buy yes. for me, number 10 Marauders. Hopefully yes. we finally get to figure out after all these weeks what happened to Kitty Pride and if she is or is not dead. Or, well, we know that she's dead, but if they can bring her back to life or not. Um, Star Wars Dr. Aphra number one. Yes. You're returning back to the, the galaxy far, far away? I will be there. I think that's going to be a no for me. Star Wars died with me with The Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> Venom 25. I'm all in for Venom 25 because they're building to it towards the, uh, the, the cross or the summer event with null. So I'm all over Venom 25 and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different covers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That'll be fun. I mean, I like, I think it's going to be the fallout from Venom Island. Like you said, it's going to be going to the new summer event. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I might get that. Yeah, that's solid. That's really it. Cover. It's their special oversized 25th issue Venom Island final um, caught between Brock and a hard place. It's <laughs> Eddie Brock must make a life-altering decision. How does Eddie move on from the events of Venom Island? There so, go. yes, Fall I'm out. all in for that. I am all in, all in, all in. There it is. So, there it is. Only five books from Marvel next week. Like you said, we knew some of this was going to happen, but still, yeah, it's kind of crazy to see that, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be uh, it's going to be rough sailing for a while, guys. I think, but um, we'll let the storm here on the spinner rack. Yeah, you guys, any anything else uh, you guys want to touch on this week before we get out of here? Uh, not mm-hmm. too much. I think we kind of covered it in depth again, just pouring out for the fact that I would be at a comic con with you guys, but um. Aside from that, uh, I think it was a good show, and I'm glad we have some books to at least talk about, um, look forward to project, and I love the conversation on the mystery boxes. All right. Ditto. Well, uh, I know this is coming out Sunday, so I'm just going to say now congratulations on your returning to the 100th episode of Couch Crunchers, Jay. I'm sure you guys are going to have a great show or had a great show by the time everyone sees this. I'll have to thank you. Um, Guys, as always, I want to thank you all for checking us out. Please make sure to watch Absolute Geek Podcast every Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time over on uh, on our YouTube channel. This is the same channel here watching Spinner Rack on. Make sure to check us out live every Sunday, 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or Arizona Time, however you want to look at it. Every Sunday, 3 p.m. for more Spinner Rack uh, if this is your first time watching us, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Turn that bell on so you get notifications every Sunday when we go live. If you're watching us on the playback or listening to us on Monday on any of your podcasting platforms, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review as it helps us tremendously in the podcasting standings. And as always, for this week's episode of the absolute, of the almost an absolute geek podcast, wow. of Tales from the Spinner Rack, I'm Matt. I am Corbin and I'm Jay saying we'll see you next Sunday. Same spinner rack time, same spinner rack channel and always stay Excelsior.